All right. Uh, Lane Johnson has come back. We've now found out why uh, as uh, he released a statement on his absence. So your thoughts? Um, you had gotten kind of an idea that it was something personal, health-related uh, after the first game he missed, but it hadn't been a uh, it hadn't been pinpointed, but, uh, you know, struggling with anxiety and depression and something that uh, I don't think necessarily more people are suffering from it, but more people are being open about it, which is obviously a good thing all around as far as eliminating the stigma of it. But uh, it'll be good to have him, have him back, uh, you know, at tackle this week. Um and they've obviously missed him in the, I think it was three games uh, that he has missed. And, you know, frankly, they can use all the help they can get right now. Dallas Goddard obviously is a good player. There's no getting around it. Uh, so they yeah, they move Zach Ertz to Arizona. Is this part of a fire sale or just a move they felt they had to make? I don't, I would probably put it somewhere in the middle between move they had to make and fire sale. I think, uh, you know, they, spent a lot of capital to get Dallas Goddard, whatever it was, four years ago. Um, and Ertz has been so good for the organization, but I think they kind of felt it was time. You know, I would imagine there's going to be a contract extension coming for Dallas Goddard uh, at some point uh, for him to be the guy and see if he can be really the next, next Zach Ertz. Um, I think the potential's there. There's been inconsistency. With Goddard, I think he's not as sure-handed as Ertz. I think he has the potential to be more explosive uh, than Ertz uh, was. But uh, I just think it was kind of time. And that being said, I also think if you've watched this team, they're not going anywhere. Uh, So it was a move that had to be made. Might as well make it sooner rather than later. I would imagine this was probably as good as the market was for Ertz. They got a fifth-round pick and a young prospect at cornerback. I think he was a sixth-round uh, draft pick. He but, was. Uh, yeah. You know, a guy apparently the Eagles were interested in. So uh, I would probably put it in the middle. I don't expect a flurry of moves now or they unload, you know, some of the other veterans. Uh, but uh, I think if we see a couple more performances like we've seen the last couple weeks, you, you could see that. Uh, people have been wondering if they're going to move Miles Sanders. Um, when you know, obviously running the ball, they don't—they haven't been comfortable running the ball. But he's at least been a part of the pass game. What's your thoughts on Miles Sanders? I have no idea what they're. I honest to God, I don't even say this like flippantly. I have no idea what they think of Miles Sanders because the second half against Tampa Bay, uh, a defensive unit that is probably on pace to set the record for the best run defense ever. And Miles Sanders found a lot of room to run yes, in the second half of that game. I think, you know, yeah, but he only had one carry in the first half. And that is the second time where they have just completely abandoned the running game proactively in the first. It was the same thing in Dallas. Yeah. And Sanders is too good. I don't think Miles Sanders is a superstar, but I think Miles Sanders is a top half back. Mm-hmm. in the NFL, yep. and why you wouldn't, especially on a team with a young quarterback that is pretty limited talent-wise, why you wouldn't funnel the ball to him. And I'm not talking 30 carries, but more than one and a half of a competitive game, which 
I, you know, I don't know. I don't get it. I would not think they would want to move him, but there is obviously a lack of either confidence or a lack of belief or a lack of consistency because this is not just a one-game thing where you can kind of throw it out and say, all right, they got a little out of whack and the game got away from them. You know, this is multiple games now where it is very apparent that the game plan did not involve running the ball at all, let alone running it with Miles Sanders. And they do use him a little bit in the passing game. Yes. But they don't use him, you know, to the point where – you know, you watch a Chargers game, they are finding ways to get Austin Eckler the ball. Like, there are backs like that where even if he doesn't run the ball 20 times, he is a very big part of what they want to do. And not just, oh, the quarterback's in trouble, I'm going to dump it off. Like, they're, they're getting him the ball. The Eagles do not do anything like that with Miles Sanders. And it boggles my mind. And they're asked about it, and they kind of deny what you saw. And, you know, like I said, if it was a one-off, you brush it off. But it's obviously not a one-off. Right. And, you know, I don't know where you go. I don't, I don't know. I keep thinking that they'll – the thing with Andy Reid, Andy Reid used to get into these situations where they'd come out of a game and throw 55 passes and run at 12 in a game that was never more than a seven-point game either way. Yeah. And he would kind of say, you know, no, it was, it, it, he would deny it. But then – the next month and a half, it would be 50-50. So they obviously learned a lesson, even if they don't want to admit it. Right. With Sirianni, you haven't even had the course correction. Like, you get the denial that they're not trying to do something, and then right. you get all this talk about, well, the RPOs, and they count, we count those as runs, and, and <laughs> just because Miles isn't touching the ball doesn't mean he's not getting touches, and that makes no sense. And, you know, it just it's nonsensical, but you're also not seeing any kind of a correction where you can say they might not admit it, but they learned the lesson. So I don't know. I really don't. Yeah. It's baffling to watch them. All right. Uh, yeah, it is. I've said about quarterbacks, for the most part, a quarterback in college, and then they'll get to the pros, and a little bit of time they'll improve some. But usually, to me, they are who they are. Jalen Hurts, to me, is that's who he is. Uh, you know, what we watched at Alabama, what we watched at Oklahoma, is he better than he was at Oklahoma? No doubt he's better, but I think he's close to his ceiling. When you watch him, what do you think? I think he misses throws he should make. I think he makes a lot of plays with his legs. I also think he is being poorly served by play calling and game plans. Yeah. Once again, I come back to that running game. Yeah. Like, you know, why not lean on that? And because you watch that game against Tampa Bay, the thing I came away from that game, especially in the first half, every play they ran, and I mean this honestly, literally every play they ran looked like a broken play. Yep. Agreed. You, you know what I mean? Nothing seemed to make any sense. Nothing. There was no rhythm to anything. There was no. Uh, working off of one successful play with something else. Mm-hmm. It was just snap the ball back to Jalen. Somebody comes free uh, defensively. He runs for his life. Maybe he gets a first down. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he throws it on the run. So, you know, it's kind of a cop-out, but I really think it is hard to judge yeah. what Jalen Hurts is. Now, like I said, that being said, he misses way too many throws that he should make mm-hmm. when he's not under duress. 
but you know he's also had a backup offensive line for the most part they had one game where they started four backups you know and while the play hasn't been terrible even with all the absences you're there's a lot of things working against Jalen Hurts that most quarterbacks don't have working against them so the, I guess my my short answer is I don't know what they have. I I don't know, you know, because it's one of those. He's a great fantasy football quarterback because all the rushing yardage and he puts up numbers for the most part. Yeah. But they're a two win team. They've earned being a two win team. They're probably a blocked punt from being you know a one win team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are not, you know, I know they only lost that Tampa game by six. If you watch that game. It was stunning that it was that close at the end right. because you felt like it was two teams at two completely different levels no of execution. No and it was the same thing you saw when they played Dallas, you know, and even when they played Kansas City, they did some things offensively. But, you know, as we have seen, Kansas City has some serious big-picture deficiencies on defense. Yes, but do. you never got the the idea they were going to win that game. No. Like, you know, it was – so, you know, I, I told it say I don't know. I don't know. Nick Sirianni, he was very overmatched at this point. It's his first year. Yep. Um, you know, I don't know how much it's fair to judge him by, but you just somebody put on Twitter, and I wish I knew who it was, offensively with the Eagles, said the Eagles run plays, they don't run an offense. And right. I thought that was That's right. a great description where it's just let's try this, let's try this. You yeah. have no idea who they want to be offensively. They just kind of throw stuff against the wall, and hopefully it works. And even if it works, it doesn't mean they're going to go back to it. And even because this didn't work, doesn't mean they're going to keep trying it. Like, so I don't know. Mm. Well, <laughs> I don't I mean, know if that like, does that question like, any justice. Let me put this way. I mean, when I look at Hertz, uh, he this is his whole career, uh, Alabama, Oklahoma, the Eagles. He'll make some throws. You go, wow, really good throw. He'll yeah. make some of you go, holy mackerel, bad. What the heck was he thinking there? Okay, three. Always can run well, okay? And then is a great leader. Nothing's changed. That's who he is. Um, Ben, you've scored as many points in the preseason as Ben Simmons. What is is his status? Does anybody know? He's practicing, and I'll be – I never thought it would get to this point. I thought – I didn't think they were going to be playing – I don't know. I'm stunned that he came back. It's amazing that one or two missed checks and all of a sudden – Yes, <laughs> yes. He didn't get down nearly as badly as he thought he yes. did. Uh, so I don't know how that's going to fly in the locker room. You know, uh, Ben's camp said a lot of things they probably regret saying now. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the one line and, you know, came out anonymously, but that he thought playing with Joel Embiid had run its course, which is one of the more absurd things I've ever heard, you know. Uh. <laughs> Playing with the preeminent big man of my generation, nah, I've had enough of that. Like, that just doesn't, you know. So, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> if the locker room accepts them, yeah. they should they should be okay. But yeah. is there any reason to believe? Let's put all the politics and all the, you know, emotion and everything aside. Is Ben Simmons the exact same player he was last year? No need to believe any different. So, got a guy who won't shoot, who, against a lot of teams, We'll be able to do a lot of things, but when the money's on the table in big games, Sixers are going to be playing four on five on offense, and who knows if they're going to be able to overcome that. So I don't know. I really 
I didn't think he would ever come back and report. Um, but yeah. Sixers, Sixers called his bluff, and you know I know he's practicing with them, and I think he might talk uh, one of the next couple days, and that'll be interesting. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll see. You know, I'll, I'll say this: you know what players need? Fewer people in their quote camp. All right, uh... <laughs> I'm with you there. Because I think that he's gotten some woeful in, yeah, like sure people has. in his ear. Woeful yeah, advice. Yep. My friend, so, it's always a pleasure. Thank, thank you Thank so you, much. my friend. All right.